is good to be back in the house of the Lord today. Be with all of you. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I got so much stuff I want to talk to you about. Don't even know where to start. Amen. And so... uh, Uh, media team, we're fixing to change it up. <laughs> Old Tyler just sat down and went, Hunter, I just emailed you a total different message. <laughs> oh, I did today. <laughs> you, you can follow me. You don't have to put them up there, but this has just been on my heart. I, I just can't get away from it and through worship, I said, Lord, this is not what I want to do. And he said, well, this ain't really, really interesting what you want to do. I had put together this, this message, and it's fresh on my heart, and I just feel that I have to do this today. Um, we were in prayer this morning, and so many people, so many, were just talking about needs and healings and, 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 and sickness in and, and, and the body. And... I just believe that I got I got to teach you this morning on something. This is um, it's just a must. So I'm going to go with it. Uh, I struggle with this topic uh, a lot, uh, simply because uh, I prayed 30 years, almost 31 years, for something for a healing to happen in in my in my daughter and 28 in my son, and it hadn't happened completely. And if you think the devil don't fight you when you want to get up and talk about that and say, well, who are you? But, you know, it's through the knowledge of the Word of God that we, that we build faith and that we learn how to uh, teach and we learn how to pray. And uh, so I'm going to teach you some things today because I believe that with all of my heart, there's people in here that need healing um, and I want you to understand, because you're not here, because that person is not here, do you know that more times in, in, in that we read, or as many times in Scripture that we read where Christ healed someone, that they weren't present? Go read the Gospels, and you'll find out that Jesus healed as many people, and the person that he healed wasn't even with them. Uh, here in the uh, in the charismatic Pentecostal type realm, we usually call it standing in for someone. You ever, anybody ever heard that terminology, standing in for someone? Well, that's where that comes from. You you know, God's this powerful God. He's way bigger than we are. Like when we 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 have to physically go to the doctor for the doctor to see us and, and to give a diagnosis, right? I can't go and say, well, my buddy Jason or my buddy Billy has this problem. He's not going to be able to do anything. But see, God is so different. God created the body. He knows how it works and functions. And so we can go on the behalf of someone. Let me give you one example real quick before I get started. Um, in, um, in the gospel, I believe it's the gospel of John, <clears throat> where the centurion comes to Jesus and, and he says... Uh, Look, my servant's dying, and, and I need you to heal him. That's basically what he's saying. And he says, um, all right, Jesus says, well, I'll come and heal him. And the satyrian says, wait a minute. I'm not even worried that you show up at my house. If you speak the word, 
Come on, and this is important. When you speak the word, Jesus is the word. John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word, was, was, was God, and the word was with God. So we understand that the word is, is God and Jesus. They're three in one, right? So he said, if you just speak the word, he'll be healed. And if you go and read the story, you realize that he was healed. Jesus never showed up. Jesus never laid hands on him. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that. The Bible tells us that we should. I'm just telling you that this is for someone that maybe you, you know someone that needs a healing. And, and we're going we're gonna to pray, pray here at the end of this in a little bit. And they don't even have to be here. You can stand in for them is what I'm trying to tell you. This is not limited to an in-house audience. Come on, can I get an amen? Because God's not limited to an in-house audience. <clears throat> okay? Um. I don't know if you guys will be able to help me. It, it doesn't matter. I'll go slow. But <clears throat> I, I, I pinned this, and I shared a little bit with Marcia this morning. And she, I can't get away from it. Lord Jesus, y'all got to pray for me. But I titled this, if I was to title it, I didn't know. I th- it was really for me. It, it really wasn't for you, uh, but it is for you. But I t- I would, if I titled it, it would be, it is, it is listen, it, it is, it is, it is. Everybody say, it is. It is God's will that you be healed. you believe that? Now, we, we've been told that all of our lives. Kim, we've been told, oh, God wants you healed. God wants you. But, but, but could you take me to a passage of Scripture that says that? Can you say, I, I, I emphatically know that it's God's will that I'm healed. Most of us can't. There's no shame in it. It's just most of us can't go to a place where it says God wants us healed or, or God wants me in good health. We, we can't do that. So if we can't do that, does that mean, doesn't that mean that your faith is not exactly where it needs to be, that it's not 100%? You ought to be able to back up the claim that what you're saying, Right? Amen. You should be able to back up a claim that you say is true. So I want to do that in God's Word. I want to prove to you today that it is God's will that you be healed. I'm going to prove to you a couple of things that uh, through through these scriptures today, and I believe that are going to be key to people receiving their healing. How many of you know know someone or you yourself need, need a healing in any area of your life? Hands are everywhere. So it must be God, okay? First passage of Scripture, I want to just right out of the gate. Again, these notes are for me, okay? So they, they may not be like I normally preach or teach, but because they're, they're my notes, okay? They're for me. So uh, right out of the gate, I like to know that what I'm talking about is gospel. So in the third book of John... John, third John, chapter one, verse two. I'm going to give you a minute to to get there. You guys are you guys are awesome. You see that? <clears throat> Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. Now watch this. John, the writer, is speaking on the behalf of. God, of Christ, of Jesus, Holy Spirit, okay? That's the whole, the whole Bible is that. It's an inspiration from God, okay? And so when you read this, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper. Everybody say prosper. And here's the, here's the second thing. And what? Be in 
health even as thy soul prospers. Now, now look what I'm going to teach you, okay? The latter part of it, even as thy soul prospers. Do you think that God wants your soul to prosper? Let me tell you why. He sent his only son to die on the cross that you may be saved. Do you believe by him doing that that he wants your soul to prosper above everything? Okay. And so that is true. He lumps that the same level of prosperity, in other words, the same enthusiasm. One translation says that, that uh, when it says, Beloved, I wish exceedingly, abundantly above that you prosper. And there's two things, that you prosper, that you be in health. See, he's already done the work that your soul prospers. Okay? So, so those two things are lumped with his, his idea that he wants your soul to prosper, but he wants you to be prosperous. That means financially increasing stuff, and that's a different message. You know, guys, yeah, I'm not a prosperity preacher. But that he wants you to be in health. How much health? Partial, just partial health. 100%. Because he sent his son to do what? Partial work? No. Do you, is there something else you got to do once you give your heart to the Lord? Did he, did he say, well, I know you did that, but i got to go over here and do ABC to, to complete the work? No. So I'm, I'm, I'm showing you in Scripture that it is God's will that you're healed and that you, you're prosperous. Come on. People don't like that word in church too much unless, unless you've got money. And if you don't have money, you think you're trying to get, the preacher trying to get money from you. Anybody see the plate go by this morning in this church? Did anybody see the plate go by this? Okay. So we're not about prosperity. We're prosperous because you give and you know to give, okay? My point is this. God wants you to be in health. It is God's will that you are in good health. Come on, I believe this. I believe this. Now watch this. All right. So let's move on. Now. Again, these are my notes. They're kind of raw, but they're mine. You'll get the point. I want to prove to you that Jesus went about doing God's will. Okay? So, so I'm going to make a point. I'm building you a foundation. So we understand that it is God's will that you're healed. Do you believe that? You got that down. Okay? And that you're to prosper and be in, be in good health. Right? That's what it says. All right? So I'm going to prove to you that it, Jesus went about doing God's will. How many of you do you know that? Can you put scripture to that? Don't raise your hand if you can't. It's okay. Sometimes we go blank. I, I go blank when somebody puts me on the spot. I, oh, I, I, I think so. And then and five minutes later, you say, oh, yeah, that's right there. And this, you know, it's just, so, but I want, I, want you to, I want you to know that we're building a foundation. And what I'm teaching you, you can build on this, okay? In John chapter 4, verse 34, the, the gospel of John. Now, I'm going to prove to you that that Jesus went around doing God's will. Now, we learned a while ago, 3 John chapter 1, that it is God's will that you're prosperous and you're in good health, right? So we know that's God's will. Now, I'm going to prove to you that Jesus is doing his will. 
John 4, 34 says, And Jesus said to them, My food or my meat, in other words, my substance, what, I, what gives me life. Okay, that's what he's saying. He's not talking about a, a piece of meat. Okay, it says, My food. You remember, this is a King James translation or a, um, an old English translation into new. Okay, so my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. All right, to finish his work. Now, uh, who, who said this? Jesus said to them, he's talking to a multitude, my food, my, the thing that I'm to do, the thing that gives me life, the thing that I want to do, the thing that gives me the gumption to get up is that I do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. What was his will? That you're prosperous and be in good health. Amen. John 6, same gospel, John chapter 6, verse 38. For I've come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Whose will is he doing? God's. Do you still believe that it's God's will that you're healed, that you have good health and you're prosperous? Okay, I'm going to hit that over and over. These are raw notes, but you've got to get this in your spirit before you can get the end of the message. John eight twenty nine says this, and he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do the things that please him. Can you say that pleasing God would be that you're in health? It's God's will. And the Bible's saying, Jesus said, I'm doing what God says. So what's he doing? So watch this. So Again, my notes are, well, what was Jesus doing? I'm pretty in, in, intelligent. I got to know what you, well, what are you doing? Okay, I know he's doing his will, but what is his will? We know that. But what, tell me what you're doing. Tell me, show, show me glory to God. The devil hates this message, I can tell you. Uh, so, so what are you doing, Jesus? If you're doing all about his will, what, what are you doing? We know what God's will is, and we know that you're doing his will, but... Talk to me. You know, that's the way I like to look. Talk to me. In Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 10, verse 38. says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Who did? God's the Father. Jesus doing his will, right? Right? What's his will? That you're prospering in health. And he anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Isn't that awesome to me? See, I read this and say, wait a minute. Jesus had to be anointed? And you think you got all that. God anointed Jesus. I think you need an anointing. That's a different message. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Don't tell me the Holy Spirit is not relevant and that you don't need it. And he went about, who went about doing good, watch, doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. What was he doing? Doing good and healing all who were oppressed. That, doesn't mean, that, that did not say demon-possessed. It says who were oppressed. Do you think God gives bad things? Do you think God makes you sick? Who makes who would who has who makes you sick? Who who has sickness and 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 and, um, and and sin in the world? Satan. So you can be oppressed. Your oppression a lot of times sickness comes from your oppression because of Satan. 
because we're living a fallen world, okay? All right, so, so what did he do? He healed those that were sick. All right, let's look at another instance. In John 14, 12. John 14, 12. So if Jesus was healing people, he's doing the will of the Father, and we're supposed to be Christ-like and follow Christ's example, what did Jesus hand off to us? This is in my notes, my raw notes, Dale, just what Marty can understand. What did Jesus hand off for us to do? Read it in Scripture. John 14, 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, he who believes in me, the works that I will do, watch it, what does it say? He will do also. What works? What did, he, what, what did we just read before? That he done good and that he healed people. And he says right here that you and I, followers of Christ, if you believe, are you a Christian? Okay, that means that you believe in him, right? You believe in Christ. You're a follower of Christ. That the works that he did, you will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Now, the he is not talking about God. It's not talking about Jesus. The he is talking about you. You have to just do a little word study on that and find out that that, that he means you and me, okay? He is a reference, okay? So watch Verse 13, and whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. It's God's will. If you what? Ask for what? Uh, is that limited to something? Is that anything defined? It's defined by anything. See, we, we think God can't do something because it's too big for us. We think that God, uh, glory to God, you're beautiful this morning, honey. And uh, threw y'all for a loop right there, didn't it? Just, see, I said, these are my notes. I actually wrote that down when she walked by me. No, I'm kidding at the house. You can have fun in church. It's all right. You know, God's anointing didn't leave. You know, God's word's still going to be effective. Okay, what's this? So, if you ask anything, we, we want to put parameters on the word anything. We, we want to say, well, I, I think he's able to uh, maybe heal a cut or a sore or, or uh, maybe a headache, but not cancer. Uh, not a stroke. No, he's, not, he's not that big, by the way. Come on. Not, 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 not epilepsy, not, not uh, a, a disease, not uh, cystic fibrosis, not, not those things. No, 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 no. Not, not hearing, not, not, not defects. Okay, no, he can't, he can't do those big things, but he can do anything. And so we bring this supernatural God down to a little bitty finite God that we can say what he does and what he doesn't do. And then we wonder why we don't get healed from the big things, why God doesn't do the things that we're asking him, because he's right here. He's just a little God. See, you've got to view God differently than what you've been viewing in order to get your healing. 
Now, look, I'm in the boat. You say, Pastor, you blame me? I'm not blaming you. I'm not blaming anybody. I told you, I've been praying for 31 years almost. I get it. I know the frustrations. I know the disappointments. I know the time you want to shake your fist at God. I know when you want to say, God, where are you at? What have you been doing? Why are you not answering? I'm, I love you. I tithe. I go to church. I'm faithful. I try to do my best. Where are you at, God? I get all that. I'm trying to teach you that it's in God's Word where we have revelation. When revelation, when this Word is made known to us, then that unlocks so many other things that God has available to us. Especially in the charismatic Pentecostal arenas, if it wasn't loud enough or shouting enough, we, we, it, it, God wasn't there. Well, I'm sorry. I felt God in those times, and I felt Him in those times, Billy, when you and I have been riding down the road and just squalling like a baby and they looked out at the window as they passed by and you think my Lord's wife must have left him no you're just so in love with Jesus and the power and the presence of God came into your vehicles I've seen in both times but what I'm going to tell you everything that you need is unlocked and it's in the word of God come on <clears throat> so now we understand <clears throat> that Jesus was doing uh, God's will we understand that God does want us to be in health and He does want us to prosper. He does want your soul to prosper. <clears throat> we get that. What was Jesus doing? He was healing, the, uh, doing good and healing. Now, how do, we re- how do we receive healing in your body? Think, Pastor, I wouldn't even attempt to even try to define that. I'm not. I'm just going to tell you what the Word of God says. Okay? I've heard it this way. If you just had enough faith, God could heal you. That's hogwash. That is from hell. You just had to have, you got to have more faith. Well, if you define faith correctly, I could probably say maybe yeah. I, matter of fact, I would say yes. If you, find, if you define faith correctly. But we look at faith as something that we, we've got to go and, and, and we get wheelbarrows full of it. And we park it here at the altar. And we go get another. And then we come get in the middle of it. And that's faith. The Bible says that each one of us is given a measure of faith. Right? You were given a measure of faith. And the Bible also says if I had the faith of a grain of a mustard seed. Anybody know what a mustard seed looks like? You could put one right here and I wouldn't be able to see it. I'm just telling you how, how small it is. Okay, it's small, very small. I, I just can't believe that God wouldn't at least give us a measure. That measure wouldn't be more than a mustard seed. Does that make sense? I, I think he's going to give us, what's he going to, I'm just going to give you just a touch under a mustard seed so you've got to work for all this stuff I've already done. That's the new Greek word, baloney. It's not true. You've, you've got faith. Faith has been given to you. Do you know that the Word of God is faith? I'll prove that to you in a minute, but watch this. So how do we receive healing in your body? First of all, so, so far, do you believe Jesus died on the cross? Do you believe, let me back up. Do you believe Jesus, God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they were in heaven? Do you believe that? Okay. Do you believe that uh, God sent His Son from heaven to be a man, to die on a cross for your sins. Do, do you believe that? Okay. See, right there, that kind of seals the deal for me. If you're willing to do that, I think the rest of it ought to just be 
chump change, so to speak. Right? So, so he's done that. So if you believe that, okay, and do you believe that he, that he died and that he was put in a tomb and then three days later he was raised? Okay. Do you now do you believe that he that he stayed here some 40, 50 day, 40 days there after the resurrection on earth and now he sits at the right hand of the Father? Okay, because if your answer is to no to any of that, you, you're not saved. Did you hear? I don't mean to mean, I'm just saying you're not saved. If you can't believe that, that that's, that's the faith that gets you saved. You've got to believe that he did those things to, in order to be saved, right? So, so if you believe that, you're, you're a Christian, you believe in that, you, you confess your sins. By him going back to heaven, Jesus, sitting on the right hand of the Father, that is called the finished work of Christ. He came, everything that was necessary for mankind to operate, to be saved, to function, and everything that he says in his word, that's completed when he returned back to heaven. You believe that. You don't have to believe any of this. You, you don't have to, Okay. You don't have to believe a word I'm saying. You know, I don't have to believe that the world is round, but it is. I don't have to believe that my gas tank's going to run out. Oh, Lord, God, it's not going to run out. You've been to walk and pay $4 a gallon for yes. Amen? We must believe. Here's how you receive. Number one, you must believe that the finished work of Christ, everything you're going to need, has already been completed through the cross and the resurrection. Okay, that, that's number one. That's, you got to believe that. All right, so watch this. Mark eleven twenty four says this. So how do we receive this healing? I, I believe, from 31 years of experience, I believe we've been believing at the wrong point. Watch this. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say to you, Whatever things you ask when you pray, all right, let, let's go back and do a little review. Um, whatever. Could we use and substitute the word anything right there? So, therefore, I said to you, anything you ask. So, whatever you ask when you what? When you pray. All right, look, there, there's, a, there's a comma right there. I mean, hold up, pause. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Read the verses before it, after it, the, the, the chapters before it, the chapters after it, and you will not find you'll believe when it happens. When it happens, that, that's what we do a lot of times in church. We, we believe God, but then we, we don't really believe until it happens. You follow me? The Bible says that whatever things you ask when you pray, we're waiting to believe when we see it manifested. And faith, Hebrews says it's a, the, the substance of things hoped for, the ev- evidence of things not seen. And I'm going to show you something else about faith in a minute. It, it's, it, your faith, it, it's not when you see it. That's not faith. That's not believing. That's seeing. You follow me? See, if I wait for it to be manifested, and then I say, oh, yes, I believe. Well, you didn't do anything but see. But he said, when you ask, when you pray, 
right then, but start believing right then. Stand on God's promises. What are the promises? That you would be in health and that you would prosper as your soul prospers, right? That's, is that a promise? He says, I want you to do that. That's what I want for you. He has the ability for that to happen. He has the necessary means. He can make things happen so that that happens in your life if you so desire that. You say, well, I haven't always been prosperous. I, hasn't, I, haven't, always, I haven't always been healed. I, you know, there's some things that you've got to do. You look at prosperous. Do you think that God's uh, slack on, uh, let me put it this, how do I want to say this? Uh, sorry, these are my notes. Uh, um, so let's look at it this way. Um, you, you, you wouldn't give, you, you, you wouldn't, no, I don't want to say it that way either. Let's look at this with finances. Okay, prosperity. When, when, you, when you become more prosperous, it just doesn't happen. It's not thrown in your lap. You follow me? You, you just don't wake up one day and say, praise God, I'm prosperous and rich. That's, do you think that's stupidity? Sure it is. And I'm going to tell you why. Most of us just can't because that's just dumb. But here's, there's biblical principles through the Bible that you can't do away with. The Bible teaches in Proverbs that a man who gains money quickly shall lose it suddenly, but he who gains it slowly or little by little shall retain it. That's a principle you learn how to manage. We see it in the Gospels with the, with the talents. We see where we have to manage something, right, for us to be prosperous. Do you think God's short on funds? Do you think God is, is, is bankrupt? See, here's the deal. It's so unique. God doesn't even have money in heaven. You know there's no money in heaven? He doesn't need it in heaven. It's, money's only needed here. So, he'll, so, so when he talks about being prosperous, he's not talking about in heaven. He's not talking about that you be in good health in heaven. Because <laughs> there's going to be no sickness in heaven. It's got to be here, right? So, so how do we get to this thing of healing? So it's kind of like managing the money. I heard it say this way. Healing is kind of like salvation. This is good. I, did, I wish I'd come up with this on my own. It's kind of like salvation. When you get saved, you get up, you still got the same body. Your body don't change, does it? Mine didn't because I, I didn't have this in mind. Watch this. Your mind, watch me, your mind don't change the moment you get saved. Some of you have been at church a long time saying, I don't know about that preacher. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, be, be renewed. Don't be conformed to this word, but be renewed. Where? Your soul, your spirit gets saved. Your mind is crazy. You can get up from getting saved at an altar, get up, see a pretty woman, and have a lustful thought right there. I hope it's the men and not the women having that thought in the church house, okay? You, you see what I'm saying? I'm trying to be real with you. These are my personal notes. These are these things for me. This really wasn't for you, but it is for you. you so so, so our, our minds have to be renewed, okay? Our spirit's saved. Do you believe that? Your spirit say, if you confess with your heart, and you believe, confess with your heart, believe in your heart, Romans 10, 10 9, you, you can be, you're, you're saved. 
But we got to transform all this crazy thing in here. Ralph, what's my saying? My, my spirit saying, my flesh crazy. So, so we got we to change our thought process. So why am I not getting healed? Let me move on. Watch. <clears throat> we must believe when we pray that you're healed and don't wait to see if you get healed before you believe. That's the, that's the, that's the, easy, that's the easy way. And then if we don't, what happens? We make excuses. Well, it's just not, I guess it's just not God's will. Quit saying that. That's a lie from hell. I showed you a while ago, it's, it's, God's, it's God's will that you prosper in, be prosperous and be in good health. So when we contradict in our mind because we're, we're unlearned in Scripture, when we contradict what God's word, it nullifies it. Does that make sense? It, it, it does away with it because, see, God's already done the work. It's not like, like well, you know what, I, I got to go back and do it because you didn't get it. No, it's already done. So, so we got to change our thinking, our thought process. Now watch this. You may say, as I have many times, and I have been told this over 30 plus years of this, of, of praying for healing. I've been told, well, you just don't have enough faith. And you may think that you don't have enough faith. There's some areas in my life, I'm telling you, I say, Lord, I don't have that kind of faith. I just don't know. I often uh, phrase it like this. Oh, I know he could, but I don't know if he will. Y'all heard me say that from this pulpit. Oh, he can. I just don't know if he will. Well, if it's what he, what, what he wills, in other words, if it's what he wants, it's already done. I just got to change my thing. God didn't mess up. It's good stuff. So Romans ten seventeen. So you may say, I don't have enough faith, but do you know that while I'm speaking God's word to you out of Scripture, do you know that you're receiving faith? You are. While I'm speaking God's word to you, you are receiving faith. You say, well, I didn't know it was like that. Well, let me prove it to you scripturally. Romans ten seventeen. So then faith comes by what? Are you hearing me? And hearing by what? What am I teaching you? I'm not teaching you my opinion. I'm teaching what the Word says. I'm using Scripture to back up what I'm telling you. So if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, when you hear and we te- you, when you hear the taught Word of God, what's happening to you? Your faith is being built. Well, hallelujah. This is just plumb good. So while you sit, see, your faith is being grown. In other words, it's being fertilized. It is being watered. It is being cultivated while you hear God's word. We said earlier, you've got to have faith because did anybody, is anybody in here? There's only one that's even remotely close to being able to have the age to see this, and she didn't see it either. But has anybody ever seen, did you ever, did you see uh, Jesus come from heaven to earth? Anybody in the room? Did you see him die on the cross? See him get put in a tomb? See him get beat? Did you see the resurrection? Did you talk to him while he was here? 40? Nobody. Miss Jan's close. I mean, she's she close. I mean, she's close. 
Glory to God. She's 98. Just, oh, bless God. 98. Wow. Still in church. Come on. Amen. So how do you, how, how do you know that? By faith. How did, how did that come? You, someone taught you about the resurrection, did they not? So, or you read it in Scripture. Did, is that true? So faith that Christ did all these things, that it really happened, came by what? Hearing his word, God's word. That's how you receive faith to believe that you can be saved. The same process is for your healing. It's the same principle. God doesn't change principles. If salvation is based on faith, and we know that that he wants us to prosper and be in good health, that is built on faith principle as well. So you've got to have faith that in the finished work of the cross that it's already completed. Okay? Now... I'm going to give you some, another, uh, two or three faith builder scriptures. Here's one, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. 5.23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Uh, that's salvation. That's, that's bringing, that's not salvation, but that's your complete work in Christ. You get saved and then you, uh, the process of time you get sanctified. In other words, the, you start dropping off all that old junk as you walk. kind of like losing weight you start fat and if you stick with it you end up thinner I am not on a diet so don't go there let me tell you this little story my wife when we were in Colorado this would be a message is she still sitting over there okay Uh, we're bent over putting on skis I don't know if you know what kind of chore it is to put on boots when you go snow skiing it is from Satan. Do you hear me? When you're at 11,000 feet and you can't breathe down here in the delta below sea level, you can't breathe up there, okay? So we're bent over and it's hot and you go clothed to be outside and you go in this room and it got like 112 degrees and you're like. <laughs> I told a guy, let me, I, I'm going to finish that story. But I told a guy, I was just walking by, I said, dude, this stuff's killing me. He said, man, I'm from the deep south and said, man, I'm about to die. And he said, yeah, me too. I'm from New Orleans. I said, oh, let me just hush. So anyway, we're in there, and we got, we're propped up. We've done everything we can to get our boots on, and it's like, good Lord, we're about to pass out, and I'm pulling out that oxygen. But <laughs> I mean, look, I was like doing, if it had been cocaine, I'd have had it out doing lines, okay? <clears throat> and so, so we're putting, she says, we get, get up where we can breathe, and you'll kind of get our bearings back. She says, when we get back home, we're going on a diet. I can't breathe up here. My immediate response was, I'm okay. I don't want to go on a diet. I'm happy doing this because I know in four days I'm out of here. I'm not going to be doing this anymore, okay? So it's, it's amazing, you know, how, how we go through this, this kind of stuff and, and that we, we have to work our way through something. See, she, she anyway, oh, so, so I'm going to move on. And so watch this. First lesson 523. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. How much? Most of the time. No, when you saved, you saved. Praise God. When you get saved, you're saved. Completely. And may your whole what? Now listen. Your whole spirit, soul, and what? Body. Be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Now, there's three parts. Your soul, and your, your soul is what gets saved. Your spirit is your breath. When it leaves, you're, you're dead, okay? You're just dead, right? But your soul gets saved. What's the other element? The body. What gets sick? I ain't never been sick. Said, Lord Jesus, my soul's sick. Will you heal my soul? You ever done that? I ain't never been sick like that. Why? Because I have ultimate faith. I have enough faith. Believe he saved me. My soul's not sick. But my body's sick. Watch this. This word blameless. You know what this word blameless means? In the, in the latter part of it, it says that your bodies it be preserved blameless. That word blameless means to be free from fault or defect. Do you get that? Do you think that your soul saved? Does that mean that you think it's free from fault or defect? Sure. When, when you're saved in Christ. I didn't say he was going to make mistakes. That, that's your flesh. That's your flesh going crazy. Your spirit's saved. So if you think that's a, if you think you're okay there, then your body, you've got to have the faith to say that I'm blameless. I'm without fault or defect. I should be without fault or defect in my body. Preacher, I like you preach it the other way. I don't know about all this. Well, then you ain't been sick enough. Okay, watch this. Here's another scripture, another faith builder scripture. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. 1 John 5, 14. And now this is the confidence that we have in him. Who's your confidence in? In him. That if we ask anything according to his, what, was his, what, what, what is his will we learned earlier? That you prosper and be in good health. We ask anything according to his will, he what? Anybody ever got mad at God because you didn't think he was hearing you? Sure, if you're honest, you've gotten aggravated with God. God, why aren't you hearing me? What is, what's the frustration sets in? Now, this is the confidence that we have that if we ask anything according to his will. So if I ask for healing, if I have confidence in that, and we should have by Scripture, because Scripture builds our faith. But when you hear these Scriptures, you say, my faith is built, so I have confidence in his word. That whatever he says his will is, if I ask for it, I'll have it. Here's another scripture of faith builders. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 2. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 2. We'll go through verse 4. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of and of Jesus our Lord. Stop right there just a minute. Grace and peace. If, if your mind is in turmoil, your heart's in turmoil... Grace and peace, he's multiplied to you. It should be multiplied to you. If you're fearful over some things, if you're always uneasy, if you're, if you're um, worried about the next thing that's happening in your life or could happen or might happen or might not ever happen, if you're, you need to start looking up scriptures on peace and, and know that God is a God of peace. And if there's fearful things, if you're fearful in your life, do you know that's from Satan? That is not from God. 
God wants to multiply grace and peace to you. Not, not multiply fear. So if you're constantly walking in fear, should, can't we have a, a deductive reasoning that that is not of God? Because the Bible says he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. So right off the bat, if I get fearful, I say, okay, Satan, I know it's you. I, I do that. Pastor, you get fearful? Sure do. I come in, I don't know what mood my wife's in. Oh, God. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I didn't mean that, honey. Forgive me. No. There's fearful. Anybody ever been fearful when you're a Christian? Since you've been a Christian, you ever been fearful about something? Sure you have if you're honest. It's the first thing you've got to recognize for that grace to, and peace to be multiplied, you've got to recognize the source. If you walk, oh, that is so right. Oh, my, oh, that's really going to happen. Oh, it's going to be ten times worse. Oh, my Lord, it's just not, it's not going to work out. And then it's saying, you, as my dad said, you work yourself into a tizzy. I don't even know what that is. I know it's a worse state than where you are right now, though. You work yourself up and you get all, oh, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. But it, shouldn't we, right off the bat, recognize what that spirit's coming against us is? Should we not recognize, hey, that's the spirit of fear right there. That didn't come from God. Because if we get in God's word, what does it say? Oh, I know it can't be that because God wants to multiply peace to me. What his word says. I'm building your faith. Grace and peace multiply to you in the knowledge. In the what? In the knowledge. Say it. In the knowledge. Or in the knowledge. In the knowledge. In the knowledge. Where do you get God's knowledge from? Can we say Bible? You get God's knowledge through his word, through the Bible. So if you're not in your Bible, no wonder you're not walking what in the principles God wants you to walk in. It's just real simple because it's a biblical principle that grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. And how do we get that? If I told you, look, there's a million dollars, Connie, there's a million dollars waiting for you over here at the bank, and it's got your name on it. You're not going to go, go uh, over to Greenville to the bank and say, Lord, you know, I just don't know what to do. Uh, you know, I heard from the Word. I heard, I heard them say it was in my name, but I just don't know if I believe that. Shoot. Son, y'all, if somebody says I'm giving you a million dollars, you go to the bank right now, y'all, somebody got to fill in to do the benediction. Because I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going to get the million bucks. Because I understand direction and instruction. All right? God's Word does the same thing for us. We, we have peace. If you're in turmoil, listen to me. Speaking to somebody, look, healing, healing, <clears throat> peace, you need to be healed from fear. You need to be healed from anxiety as well. That's just as much as the physical healing. So the peace, grace and peace, be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. If you'll get in God's Word, I tell people all the time, they come to me and say, Pastor, I'm dealing with A, B, C, D. I say, go find everything that the Bible says about that particular topic. And you get in it, you study it, and you read it. You get it in your spirit. Because if you can do that, guess what? You'll overcome that problem. If you said you wanted to be uh, the, the best uh, astronaut, well, you've got to go to school and learn everything there is about all of that stuff that I don't even, I don't even know what you've got to study to, go, to be an astronaut. That's way above my head. You've got to go to school to study that, right? Man, this is just good stuff. Man. This is too simple. Am I doing okay? I'm going to close here in a little bit. Okay, got 
And one more faith builder. Uh, no, I got two, two or three more. Did I tell you these are my notes? Verse 3, 2 Peter 1, verse 3. So as divine power, let me read the first two together. And grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as, the, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the, what's that word again? Of him who called us by glory and virtue. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life after death. When we get to heaven. Before we're born. No. His divine power has given to us things that pertain to what? Is anybody in here dead? So far everybody's above ground and no casket's been rolled in. You're alive. He's talking about his divine power has been given to you while you're alive. I don't need healing when I'm dead. I don't need healing in heaven. There's no sickness there. I already know that part. How many of you know that? No sickness, no sorrow, no crying, no tears, no, no depression. There's none of that in heaven. I don't need it when I get there. I'm already there. He's talking about life while you live right here. His divine power has been given, given us all things, all things. What would, what would be considered? Would healing be all things that pertain to life? Sure it would. Common sense would tell us that, correct? Okay. I got to move on. Sweetheart. You'll have to explain that to Aiden. <clears throat> Through the knowledge, verse 3, through the knowledge of him who called us by the glory and virtue. Verse 4, by which have been granted to us exceedingly great and precious, what? Promises. Do you know what a promise is? Promise is God's will for your life. That's all a promise is. If I promise you that I'm going to, tell me your name. Kevin, Kevin, if I promise you that I'm going to go buy your meal after lunch, I'm not doing that, but I'm just saying, <laughs> but I will. Dale, can I borrow 50? Or so, no. But if I promise you I'm going to buy your lunch after, uh, your lunch after church, a couple things got to happen. I got to show up and I got to have the funds to do that, right? I can make good on my promise. Do you think God can make good on his promises? It's his, see, it would be my will if I went to Kevin and said, Kevin, I want to take you to lunch today, you and your, your wife. Oh, that's your wife right there. Yeah. <clears throat> and I want to take you to lunch. I want to buy your meal. That'd be my will because I come to you and, and I want to take you to lunch, right? That, that's my will, right? God said it is his will that you prosper and be in good health. That's, that's his promise. Okay, so you follow me? It's God's promise. And so his word says, this is how you build faith, to know that it's just not words. on. How many of you read the Bible and, and you know you're going through something, you read it, but it's it just words on a paper? You're so into your stuff. You're so concerned with your sickness, your illness, or, or a problem, or whatever it is. You read it, and, and, and it's just words on a paper. I've been there. I'm going to tell you. I've been there. Just read it and say, I didn't get nothing out of that. 
I know I'm the only one in the room. I'm just saying. God. But it's when we dig deep in God's Word, when we get down deep in the Word, that things begin to reveal. He begins to reveal what's already been done. His promise is watching. I'm going to read verse 4. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. See, when I read exceedingly and great and precious promises, you should have all jumped up and said, thank you, God. See, he didn't say, I give you those little things I might be able to handle or those things that you think I can handle. Exceedingly great. Do you think God's exceedingly great is bigger than your exceedingly great? Yes, absolutely. You can't even comprehend heaven. I don't care how much you read the Bible on it, on what heaven looks to you. You can't even get your mind wrapped around it. God's exceedingly great promises are huge. And if it's a promise, it's God's will. So he's, he says this, that his divine power has almost given it to us. That's what his words didn't say. By which have been given to us. Are, already have, which have been given to us, these great exceedingly precious promises, that that through these you might be partakers of divine nature. You mean through God's word and getting in the scripture that I can be a partaker of divine nature? Uh, That's what the word says. This is not an opinion piece. I'm not writing an uh, an opinion piece in the paper. I'm telling you what God's Word says. That you can be partakers of the divine nature. Watch this. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through through lust. The the world fell through lust, the desire. That's what the... And the corruption is come out of that sickness. Do you know in the Garden of Eden there there was no sickness? You get that? The garden of Eve was a, Eve was a, a perfect place. Do you know there wasn't even a storm cloud that come up in the garden of Eden? Everything was watered from the ground up and through dew. There was no clouds. I mean, it was so perfect. It was a utopia. Fall of man brought corruption into the world. Why do you think he put cherubs at the east end of the garden? To keep man from coming in, he was hoping, and God knows this, but I'm just missing my terminology. God was hoping to keep man out so that no one else would go in and eat from the tree of life. Cherubims there on the ark, but that's a different message. God has a plan for you to walk in divine health. I believe that. Do you believe that God has a plan for you to walk in divine health? I believe that with all of my heart. If he didn't, he wouldn't have told us to anoint with oil, pray, pray, call for the elders of the church, anoint for oil, and the effectual fervor of the prayer of the, uh, of the righteous avails much. He, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't have given us those scriptures. He wouldn't have said in, in 2 Peter 2.24 that by his stripes we're healed. He wouldn't have told us that in Isaiah 53.5. He wouldn't have told us that by your stripes we're healed. He wouldn't have done that. Psalms 107 tells us the same, <coughs> same thing. He, he, he wouldn't have done that. I believe.
believe God wants us to be healed of everything. God's not limited to little things. So this is what I want us to do. If you want prayer for anything in your life, in healing, first of all, if you want salvation, that's, that's the most important thing. You can, you, you can leave here saved with an ailment and go to heaven. Amen. That's the most important thing. But really, I want to focus on he- healing. You, do you need a healing in your life, in your body? Do you know someone that needs that? I believe God's Word makes perfect provision for us to be healed. I believe that with all of my heart. Do you believe that? Will you stand with me across this room?